0: Now, fight back with Libby Zneimer on Zoomer Radio.
1: Good afternoon and welcome. It's a far cry from the tweaks that U.S. President Donald Trump once talked about when it comes to the trading relationship with Canada. Yesterday, as the talks on renegotiating NAFTA opened in Washington, the chief negotiator for the U.S., Robert Lighthizer, came out swinging, saying NAFTA has fundamentally failed many Americans and needs a drastic rehaul. Both our foreign affairs minister and Mexico's downplayed that opening salvo, calling it bluster, calling it rhetoric, but is it? And going into the talks, Christian Freeland talked about making resource companies consult with Ottawa and indigenous communities on major projects well in advance. This As the Trump administration is going precisely in the opposite direction, getting rid of environmental regulations. She talked about gender equality. And all of this is happening as Trump is increasingly embattled at home. The experts say he really needs a win on this or to look like he has a win on this. And the big question, of course, is how to get a win without gutting NAFTA. We'd like to hear from you on what you make of all of this. Uh, there are a lot of jobs, millions of jobs are on the line here. The numbers to call 416 360 0740, toll free 1 866 740 4740. Right now, let's go to Dr. Atif Kabursi, who is Professor Emeritus of Economics at McMaster University. Welcome, Dr. Kabursi. Thank you. Uh, So uh, what do you make of this going into it, this dichotomy with uh, the Americans going in really hard, saying it needs a complete rehaul, uh, the others saying maybe that's just bluster?
2: Uh, Maybe that's uh, that's just bluster, but we can't uh, dismiss it. I mean, we have a very difficult situation here. Uh, NAFTA, in terms of numbers, uh, is a smashing success. I mean, trade really almost tripled between uh, 1993 and 2015. Uh, the U.S. is a major winner too. I mean, the per capita income uh, per person in, in the United States had increased by 39 percent from the days before NAFTA to today. Uh, in Canada, we we got almost the same amount about. Uh, 38 point something. Uh, the only one was lagging behind really was uh, uh, Mexico, which increased only by 24%. Uh, and even if you look at what he seemed to have made a big uh, issue of is the balance of trade, you know, how much we export versus how much uh, we import. Uh, w- with Canada, the U.S. is a winner. Uh, they lose about $11 billion on merchandise, but they have about the $27 billion, uh, surplus in terms of services and culture, movies, and things like this. Uh, the story is a bit different with Mexico. Uh, they have a large deficit compared to the uh, early days uh, before NAFTA. Uh, but one has to take this uh, into stride. I mean... Mexico allowed the U.S. to take advantage of low-cost production to compete with people like China and India. Without Mexico being part of this arrangement, uh, the U.S. competitive position vis-a-vis these trading uh, giants would have been compromised. So, to some extent, uh, Mr. Trump is literally uh, maybe staking a wrong position here. Uh, He... Tends to believe everything is a real estate deal, unfortunately, and uh, uh, he is forgetting that this is a, an international relation. Uh, this is uh, a, an agreement between sovereign nations, uh, nations that have different cultures, uh, different resource. Governance.
1: Dr. Kaberzy, I'd like to get into some of the numbers. Uh, so. Our government is fond of saying that 35 U.S. states really rely on trade. I've seen congressional research that say about 14 million U.S. jobs depend on trade with Canada. But there's another analysis uh, from an economist in Calgary who says Really, there are only two American states out of 50, Michigan and Vermont, where trade with Canada exceeds 10% of their annual economic uh, uh, output. So that really, uh, they need us a lot less than we need them. So, for instance, just to give some Canadian numbers... um, 49% of Ontario's GDP depends on trade with the U.S., Quebec 23%, Alberta 31%. What do you make of that?
2: Well, this is uh, the elephant in the room. Uh, Unfortunately, both statements are correct. Yes, there are 35 states that uh, find in Canada the largest uh, export market. But at the same time, uh, none of these states' uh, income depends to the tune of how much we depend on the U.S. Uh, we depend, uh, as you said, in Ontario uh, over uh, 45, 49 percent. Uh, the U.S. at most, you know, these two states, uh, they are the only two that have a dependence where their total output explained by trade with Canada is around 10 percent. So I mean- the difference but. Between- Sorry, go ahead. No, but the difference between 40 and 10 is a major difference. And this heavy dependence of Canada on the U.S. is the one that has depreciated and compromised our bargaining strength. Uh, You trade with other people, you bargain with other people. It so happens that uh, the uh, party that has more options, that has less dependence, uh, has a greater, stronger bargaining position than the country that depends so heavily on the other part.
1: How much do you think that the current troubles that the Trump administration is having at home, the uh, I mean, one controversy after another, his approval ratings are, are plummeting, how likely do you think it is that they will get very tough to try to look either tough or to have a quote win on this? How, how is that going to play into these negotiations?
2: Well, it seems that they are definitely going for a, a major win, but whether they get it is another matter. Uh, you're talking about, as I said, two sovereign nations, uh, their interests uh, well defined. Uh, I don't think, you see, Canada uh, would compromise, uh, and hopefully won't, uh, on the independent, transparent uh, dispute settlement. Uh, the United States has a culture of litigation that is far Uh, more pronounced than ours. Uh, For every 1,000 transactions, we have only three uh, litigations in the U.S., about 350. Uh, They have so many lawyers uh, employed just to uh, look at this. We cannot afford to depend on uh, an agreement that does not have the protection uh, that insulate us from the whims of politicians and interest groups that have strong accents and easy access and to a compliant commerce department that has always championed uh, their case and we have unfortunately also an unpredictable president that adds to the confusion uh, there is a necessity here to make sure that we eliminate these uncertainties and we have been successful by tying the U.S. to a rules-based uh, trading regime, and they're trying now to uh, extricate themselves from it.
1: Yeah, but what I what if think... they just refuse? Like, what if we can't come to an agreement? How bad is that?
2: Yeah, well, it's bad. I mean, as you have mentioned, uh, there are about maybe uh, about 8 million to 9 million jobs, directly or indirectly, depending on trade, and of this, maybe uh, 7, 6 million depends on our trade with the U.S., uh, we can afford. But, you see, you have to look at it, too, from the United States. To what extent can they uh, compete uh, and uh, to what extent can they uh, reduce their... Uh, Uh, absorption of uh, the resources we have. Look, I mean, Canada has one of the most fortunate things in the world. The ratio of resources to people is exceptionally high. And uh, we are supplying wood, we're supplying uh, metals, supplying car parts, we're supplying food, uh, you know... Many, many products that uh, in the absence of this trade, the United States would really be at a uh, loss. And what's even, uh, as you mentioned, uh, there are so many states, 35, they don't depend, uh, you know, to the extent we depend on them. But by God, we are the largest uh, trading partner. I mean, try to persuade the governor of uh, Nebraska or uh, people in Ohio and other places, that kind of is not important. Uh, this trade has evolved over many uh, decades and is entrenched, and the interests have uh, been uh, formed along these two uh, trading routes, and uh, it would be very difficult. Uh, to upset this, we are not going to be heard alone. Oh. Uh, this is something that we all win or we all lose.
1: Okay, let's uh, let's take a call from Rio in Mississauga. Hi, Rio. Hey, thanks for having me on. You're welcome. Go ahead. Yeah, I think Canada's biggest problem right now is that we have
3: too many incompetent people in the cabinet. So because we because we pick people based on gender and race and whatever where he didn't pick the best people to be the economic minister or various. So.
1: Actually, uh, I have to say that out of all the people in there, one of the people getting the highest marks uh, is Christia Freeland. Got to say that. I mean, uh, she's definitely not incompetent. You might not. Well, I, I, I,
3: well, I don't know who's giving a mark, but I, I know directly you have different people doing things. Like, like for example, whether somebody likes Donald Trump or not, He's very experienced in the business world, right? So if we pick yeah. people ba- based on that, I'd rather have somebody like that um, making our decisions instead of that, you know that's the basis of my problem with all of this is that we're gonna we're gonna really they don't <laughs> they don't need Canada Canada needs the U.S. because we've become reliant on them like we basically never had our own auto industry whether it was Chrysler GM Ford it was always. American companies, which was great, and we got a lot. But if they 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 could make their cars over there in a second. But the the thing that I like, I mean, it's it's kind of weird, is uh, the one thing that Trump wants. He wants Canadians to be able to go to the states every day and buy $800 worth of goods. Now, some people say, oh, it's not good because we're not going to be buying Canadian. Yeah, but as a consumer. I can cross the border and buy eight hundred dollars of stuff that would cost me two thousand dollars in Canada, right? So there's a lot well, of Well maybe involved, it depends so.
1: on the exchange rate. A lot of stuff I find is uh is more expensive. It depends on what well, yeah, when yeah, the yeah. dollars yeah, sure. at par, it's great, but um these days less great. Rio, uh thanks for your call. All right, take care. Bye bye. Okay, uh we're going to be wrapping up this segment. Uh, Doctor Kaburcy, what would you like to leave us with,
2: please? Well, I mean, uh, you're both right on these things, but you're, you know, uh, bringing a point that is very crucial here. As you uh, mentioned, the depends on the exchange rate. There are real factors, fundamental factors, that explain our trade. When the United States' uh, income was growing very fast, they needed us to uh, they accessed our resources to uh, meet their consumer uh, demands. Uh, the uh, exchange rate was so favorable uh, when it plummeted uh, uh, for Canada Uh, to make up for any difficulties or uh, lower productivity we have here because of limited population, huge expanse of land. Uh, So these real factors explain a lot why we have trade with the U.S. It's not just purely the agreement. The only beautiful thing about this agreement is the fact that we have been able to tie the Americans to some rules and to have uh, been successful in insulating uh, this Uh, Trading relationship from the whims of politicians and the interest of very powerful interest groups.
1: Okay, well, let's hope so, uh, Dr. Atif Kabursi. Thank you so much for joining us.
2: My pleasure.
1: Bye bye.
0: You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio, heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio, heard weekdays from noon to one.